Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. The FT. Welcome to World Weekly. I'm Gideon Rachman. This week, we're discussing the outbreak of the Ebola virus, which has killed at least 700 people in Africa. This is obviously a huge concern for Africa itself, but it also seems to be becoming a global concern. Only today, I'm talking on Wednesday, 30th of June, the British Cabinet met to discuss the implications of the Ebola outbreak. So what are they? Joining me here in the studio is our Africa editor, Javier Blas, and also our science editor, Clive Cookson. Javier, can I start with you just with some facts? What's actually going on and how long has this outbreak been with us? The outbreak started in early February in a very remote and forest area of Guinea and since then has spread to another two countries in West Africa, Sierra Leone and Liberia. According to the World Health Organization, almost 700 people have died, more than 1,200 have been infected and we don't know really how big the disease is because this is a very remote area and many people may be dying in remote villages that they are completely unreported. The biggest concern is that so far the outbreak doesn't seem to slow down and obviously because the borders are very porous in the region there is a great concern that the disease may spread to other areas of West Africa and particularly economic heavyweights including Nigeria. Now Clive as I mentioned the British cabinet's even meeting and discussing this is that an overreaction or are we really facing the risk of a global pandemic that could arrive in Europe and so on? I don't think we're facing the threat of a global pandemic, no. If, as Javier says, this got into the mega city of Lagos with 20 million or so people, it could be a devastating regional epidemic and Britain should be concerned, the rest of the world should be concerned for that reason. But the nature of the Ebola virus that causes the disease means that if it got here, say, if someone suffering from the disease flew into Heathrow and wasn't caught... There could be some horrible sporadic cases in the UK, but the Western health infrastructure is good enough to stop it. It's not like flu, which can be spread through the air and tiny droplets. With Ebola, the virus is only spread by immediate contact with patients or their body fluids. So with good barrier medical and nursing care, you should be able to stop it. The trouble is that care is not available in a lot of West Africa. So for Africa, at least, is this a rational concern or are people particularly scared by Ebola, partly because it seems like such a horrible disease in the symptoms, the way that people lose their mind and the bleeding and all of that? Oh, it is a horrific disease. And the 50 to 60% lethality rate is, of course, horrifying. But I think in the context of Africa, and also the cultural and social context, because as well as a poor health infrastructure, there's a widespread fear in Africa of traditional Western medicine. People look on Western health centres as a place to go and die, and they even accuse doctors and nurses of spreading the disease. That's why it's going to be hard to stop. 
Javier, is that something that you're hearing reported, that it's getting very, very hard, even when you can mobilise medicine to get in there to actually persuade people to take part? Yes, let me give you an example. It was the first case that was reported in Freetown, the capital of Sierra Leone, and this is also very important to bear in mind. In the past outbreaks of Ebola, the virus was restricted on very remote areas in Central Africa, particularly in the Democratic Republic of Congo, Uganda and Sudan, and it was villages. This time the virus is affecting urban population and even the capitals of some countries. So that's a big change from a previous outbreak in the previous decade at today. But in the case that I was mentioning, a woman suffered the disease. She was conducted to the hospital in Freetown and her relatives kidnapped her from the hospital and drove her into a local healer where she died. So that's the distrust on Western medicine, in part because the local population is beginning to realize that those who go to hospital, they only live as dead because the disease have this horrific mortality rate of 60%. So that's one problem. It's also a problem of cultural funerals, the way that the bodies are washed by hand immediately after the death. It means that that's exactly the moment where the body is more contagious and the physical contact with the fluids makes that relatives are getting sick very quickly. Indeed, the moment the main source of new cases are doctors, nurses and relatives of the sick. So Clive, it sounds under a horrifying situation, but Ebola is not a new disease. When did we first discover it and why is it getting such a serious outbreak now? It was first discovered in 1976. It's probably been in the remote parts of Africa for decades, centuries, millennia, who knows? It has a wild animal reservoir that's thought to be fruit bats. It may have got into people through eating fruit bats because they're apparently a delicious form of bushmeat. The reason it's spreading now is increased mobility, I think. Unfortunately, from the point of view of diseases, there's more and more mobility within Africa as there is everywhere in the world. But this is not being accompanied by a corresponding increase in Western health infrastructure. So, Javier, we talked about, perhaps lopsidedly initially, about the reaction here in Britain and in Europe, but given the situation, the fact that it's not under control, what's the reaction in Africa itself? Do you see a step change in the government's reaction there? We have had a significant step change in the government's reaction over the last week, 10 days, particularly the three countries where they have been suffering from the very beginning, the outbreak, Liberia, Sierra Leone and Guinea, they're beginning to change. In particular, Liberia is imposing border restrictions, is monitoring everyone who is crossing the borders. Regional airlines have suspended flights to the three countries involved, so we are beginning to see also a reaction from business leaders. And particularly, if you look also at the reaction in Nigeria, the three countries where the disease started, they were a bit slow to react. Also, they're among the poorest in the West Africa region. But if you look at the reaction of the Nigerian authorities when they got a case, a single case of a Liberian man who landed in Lagos airport feeling sick, it was immediately transported to hospital. He died a few hours later. That hospital has been shut down, quarantined, all the doctors have been put in quarantine. So it's a very decisive reaction by the authorities in Nigeria to stop, as Clive was saying, the best way to combat the disease is with prevention, with quarantine and with barriers. And that's exactly what the authorities of Nigeria have done. And that's beginning to be what the authorities in their three countries are beginning to do. So, Clive, it sounds like quite an impressive reaction by the Nigerians. Do you think it's likely to be enough? I think it might be enough. I'm a bit Pollyanna-ish, but I myself don't think this is going to develop into a regional 
apocalypse. I think it can be stopped. And I think that for all its faults, Nigeria probably, at least in Lagos, has a better medical infrastructure than the other countries that Javier has been talking about. And also, it's not only the infrastructure, it's the political decision-making and the doctor's decision-making. You see a very, very quick reaction. It was not hesitation. It was not even a minute loss. The man arrives to the airport, he feels sick, immediately is quarantined. When he dies and is confirmed is Ebola, the hospital is shut down, is quarantined, everything is going to be clean. So I think that the authorities now, particularly in Nigeria, are taking this very, very seriously and they will be able to stop it. That is quite impressive and perhaps for people who don't travel regularly to Nigeria, counterintuitive because this is a country where most of the headlines recently have been bad, above all about Boko Haram, which gives a sense of a country that doesn't have a central government that's still really in control of the place. And of course, the continuing stories about ramshackle infrastructure in Lagos and so on. But the reaction to Ebola suggests that's only half the story. No, exactly. And, you know, the country, particularly Lagos, is the most developed area of Nigeria. The airport is a very good airport for African standards. And you are monitored by fever. They have some infrared monitors where each of the passengers, when you are approaching the immigration control, they check on your face and they check what is your temperature. So you are showing that you arrive from the UK with the flu and you are a bit of a fever. Someone is going to stop you and say, what's the problem, where you are coming from? And they're going to check whether you are trying to get into the country with a disease. So I think that they're getting it. Also, the international response, we have seen £2 million from the UK government for the World Health Organization and Medicines and Frontiers. Today, Wednesday, the European Union has announced another €2 million of additional aid. So the headlines are also triggering a much bigger contribution by the international community, and more charities are beginning to try to step up their work in the region. I think what they most need is good diagnostics, because although there's no drug that can affect this, the only thing you can do for patients is to make sure they're properly hydrated. There are good quick diagnostic tests for this virus, but they need to be done in high security facilities. And if we're talking about Western aid for this particular outbreak, I think diagnosis plus really good, reliable barrier equipment, all those protective suits and goggles and gloves and so on, that's what are needed. And Clive, a last question. You seem, thankfully, slightly sceptical about the idea that this is going to be the big global pandemic. But certainly as somebody attends conferences every now and then on global risks, this is something that comes up all the time. The idea that something that will really go wrong in the world could be a global pandemic. If it's not Ebola, might it be something else? Or is this generally in the category of things we like to scare ourselves with? I think the most likely, and so do most doctors, is a horrible new pandemic flu strain. We've had some false alarms from new flu strains swine flu turned out not to be as bad as people feared. But if one of the bird flu strains, which are almost as lethal as Ebola, if they mutate into such a form that they can spread easily between people through the air on the droplets as you cough and breathe, that would be really terrifying, more terrifying than this. Okay, well, Ebola's quite terrifying enough, so we'll leave it there. Thank you both very much. Thanks to Javier Blas and to Clive Cluxon here in the studio. That's it for this week, and that's it actually for this month. The World Weekly Show is going to take a break for the month of August, but we'll be back in September. Thank you very much. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corian provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's Corient.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 